pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It is Monday. It is um, Easter week, as a matter of fact, Holy Week. Folks, this portion of the program, I don't want to welcome them back tremendously for another season. PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center, they are officially open for the season. I was there over the weekend. It looks fantastic, better than ever. Stop in. Listen, you owe it to yourself. Stop in Rhode Island's number one garden center. Beautiful selection of pansies, pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers, bowls, assorted colors, Easter plants, and the colors are fantastic. Tulips, hyacinthias, daffodils, hydrangeas colors available, blue, white, and pink. They're blue hydrangeas. I'm going to argue, I think they're the most beautiful in New England. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook. They run a very effective, consistent Facebook page. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They also carry many landscape materials, including screen loom, black, brown, hemlock, mulch. Gift certificates are available. Plus, they have crushed stone. Look for them on Facebook. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. See everything they have available. They're open every day. Stop in. You can call them, 401-295-4399. Listen, it's Easter week. Pop in PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. You owe it to yourself. Stop into Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's a great local family business. Folks, they're so dedicated. They work so hard. And it shows. And uh, Debbie and Stephen Jr. and Byron welcome everybody in for what I believe is going to be their best season ever. And it's it's because of great service. Great quality, hard work, PR, landscape materials, and garden center. Well, folks, here we are again. Um, it seems like it's going to be a, a nice week. It's the John DePietro Show. I encourage you to visit the website, depetro.com. It is Monday. It is uh, April 11th. And uh, we'll continue to follow. You know, people are asking me about the FBI probe on Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. He was trying to be defiant last week. The McKee administration, they're trying to say, you know, despite the fact that he is the subject of an FBI probe, let's still just try to go about our business. Let's just try to run the campaign. Um, the next couple of weeks are, are crucial. I am anxious to see when the first debate might be. As far as the uh, gubernatorial candidates, Democrat side, um, I, I'm going to guess, I'll have to find out, but I'm, I'm willing to guess that right now Governor McKee is the one that is not, he's not in a hurry to get on a debate stage with his Democrat rivals because he is the governor. He's got a lot to lose. Uh, I, I don't think because of what's going on. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make himself too readily available to debate. Governor McKee, I believe, right now, because of the fact that he is the subject of an FBI probe, it becomes a situation where he wants to be in forums that they can kind of control it. He wants to be in forums that he can kind of, if he can, control the narrative he likes right now. And look at this, folks. It's it's one year in office And already he has to be in a situation where, you know, they can say, well, the focal point of this is that they're announcing this grant or they're announcing that grant. And and obviously he has the benefit of unprecedented amount of money that he can give away two two billion dollars really with all this uh, covid money and maybe a little less than that. But it's it's pretty close um, and of course, there's there's no element of a tax cut. There's no element of actually giving the money back to the people. Instead, uh, all of that COVID money that had went flying out, um, I'm, I'm, I've yet to see it. It really seemingly is being used to pad his ability. You know, rewarding people, these state workers, three thousand dollars, giving three thousand dollars for no apparent reason, retention bonuses. To judges with lifetime appointments to the bench, ridiculous. You set a very dangerous precedent. Um, you know, three thousand uh, dollars 
because the state troopers agree to wear the body cam that is being made available to them that they're supposed to be wearing anyway. Just lunacy type of stuff, all in a bid to try to just get votes to Rhode Island Governor Dan McKeon. And the of the $3,000 bonuses that he was just flushing out with, with general taxpayer money, half of that is, is going to be given out in July, and early voting starts in August. So um, in the past, I've seen in the past, in, in 2014, they had debates May, June. Channel 12 did some debates at, at the PPAC. Now, granted, some people ended up not actually running. I remember Patrick Lynch was, Attorney General Lynch was actually in debate, um, and then he ended up not pulling the trigger and, and running in a, a primary in 2010 against uh, Frank Caprio, but he was on the, the debate stage. And there have been other people like that. All the paperwork, everything officially has to be in end of June, early July. Um, but as far as the established candidates, Matt Brown, Governor McKee, Nellie Gorbea, Helena Folks, and then that Dr. Monez, five of them, um, there, there's no reason why the five of them couldn't be on a debate stage other than I am willing to bet it's because of Governor McKee is just hesitant to do so. He doesn't want to give them any any ear time, doesn't want to give them any cover, doesn't want to give them a chance. I'm, I'm sure, I think if it's, if it's up to Governor McKee, you're not going to see him on a debate stage until August. Uh, maybe even September, as a matter of fact, because the, the primary is, I won't say it's late, but it's it's in almost mid-September as opposed to uh, early September. And also, folks, keep in mind, most states, they have their primaries in May and June. Uh, it is a little ludicrous that the entire summer has to go away. And um, and then we have to wait till September. But, you know, that's that that is, in fact, uh, life in Rhode Island. So but now as far as Governor McKee and the FBI probe, as as I've said, these things, they take a while to flesh out. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, they're going to go through everything. The more I hear about this, though, it, it should not be lost on people that this is big that the uh, FBI is even deciding to investigate. Most of the time, this is not something they would want to investigate. They don't, you know, they have better things to do. A lot of their cases lately are gun cases, drug cases, um, some of the COVID fraud cases that were going on. But by and large, make no mistake about it, the FBI U.S. attorney, they would prefer not to have to investigate a sitting governor. But that contract that he pushed through and his friends incorporated their business and boom, and then they immediately gave it to them. And it was, uh, you know, millions of dollars. There's nothing about that that followed the proper protocol. And, you know, and what we're going to learn, there should have been safeguards in place to prevent the type of actions that were involved in this seemingly rigged contract. The question is, we're going to see if the governor kind of over overrode them, pushed them aside, uh, discouraged it in any way. I mean, those are some of the things that are going to flesh out. But make no mistake about it. You're still talking about a sitting governor target an FBI probe. Things not going to go away. Uh, if anything, they're going to continue to get information. And, and also some of the individuals that on, are on the other side of this group, this this ILO group, uh, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to hire attorneys to try to help them through this, let alone then if you start to get into a grand jury situation. I'd still like to hear directly from Governor McKee, who is the legal person that's basically walking him through this. I mean, we've heard that that was the reason in late February that he hired Eva Mancuso, I have not, I, I may have missed it when I was overseas, but I haven't heard uh, a lot about that. But, uh, you know, very famously, when Buddy Cianci, when after the FBI raid with Operation Plunderdome, he then immediately picked up the phone and called Richard Egbert, the defense attorney in Boston, and started having conversations with him. And then Egbert was somewhat, you know, kind of lurking in the background, involved. I remember interviewing him uh, more than once. And then once, you know, Buddy Cianci, the mayor of Providence, was then indicted by the FBI with Operation Plunderdome, well, then, you know, Egbert certainly came into play and, and took center stage. But with Governor McKee, I find it hard to believe that he's not, what, he doesn't have anyone legally representing him. So is it, in fact, Eva Mancuso? Is he going to go outside? Is he... Is he hiring an attorney on his own? Is this something that does do the taxpayers pay for it? Uh, you know, CNC had to pay Richard Egbert. It wasn't like the city of Providence was representing him. So with Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, 
I'd be like to know who's representing him, who's paying the legal bills. Is this, I mean, we've heard that Eva Mancuso, who he hired, is basically acting as point person with the FBI investigation. I'm, I'm at a slight disadvantage because I don't, I don't think that some of these questions were answered. It's certainly possible that some of these questions were already asked and answered. Um, I'll, I'll take an open mind to that, that it's, it's possible that this happened and I'm just unaware that some of these questions were answered. But something tells me that that was not the case. Now, the situation as far as Ukraine um, and also, folks, I want to be very clear, especially when it comes to social media. There are some people that for whatever reason, they, they just want to engage in conspiracy. They want to engage in these ridiculous conspiracies. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to entertain it. It's just it's not worth it. Um, I'm not going to go through it. These are people that choose to believe lunacy. They never admit they're wrong. They never admit that they made a mistake. They, they never admit that the information they were relying on was faulty. They just continue. It is a fool's errand to try to argue with them, uh, discuss anything with them. It's not even as far as opinion. It's, it's people dealing in complete propaganda, conspiracy, lunacy. For whatever reason, it is red hot right now. But I'm just, it is a waste of time to try to engage some of these people. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call RE Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful. Trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401 401- 732-6562. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Again, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. I want people to also understand. I get it. Some people are unfamiliar with the situation overseas. Some people are unfamiliar with Putin. Uh, not everyone understands. Listen, I, I've encountered many people. The first election they ever voted in was 2020. There's other people I've met. The first time they ever voted was 2016. Some people are new, are new to the process. Some people, and I get it, they're busy with other things. They follow whatever it may be, sports or NASCAR, or they're just busy. So they don't pay attention particularly to history and various things that are going on. But what, what you need to understand is everything coming out of Russia, everything Putin says is a lie. Everything they're saying is a lie. There's no peace. They're not looking for peace. They're not looking to negotiate peace. Everything that is being said is a lie. And they spread false information in the form of propaganda. Now, the next stages of the war are going to be very, very dangerous. Because this is part of what they do where they torture civilians, they kill civilians, they want to terrorize people. They want to make people so frightened that it takes away their will and desire to continue to fight. That's what they're doing to the people of Ukraine. And it's all on the offensive. So I think the next month and building up into early May, it's going to be really, really crucial but what people have to understand, and, and I understand because I get information of people, well, let's hear Russia's side. They, they, they've already made their side clear. They're bombing, invading, and attacking Ukraine. Now, I'm not going to go on and on. I, I don't know what to make of people. They, they seemingly desire to engage in, in conspiracy nonsense. And it is this business that somehow what's really going on 
is, you know, the United States is trying to get to all the secret information that's in Ukraine and Russia's trying to uncover it. And if, if you have such a low opinion of your own country, then, then I certainly can't talk you out of it. Um, in the past, the United States has made mistakes, but every country has. You know, do we really want to talk about some of the mistakes in Russia? Do we really want to talk about some? Look at some of the things that are still going on in Mexico. Do we want to talk about some of the things, mistakes made with Germany? And some of the things of colonialism that the UK made. Listen, every country has that. The United States has faced up to many of these mistakes. I still believe we are, number one, the most generous nation in the world. We're still the envy of the world. So these some again, if there are people that have such a terrible negative impression of their own country, we, we saw it after September 11th. I interviewed people. I was horrified. People that were glad that we were attacked. I'm certainly not going to be able to convince any anyone of that. But I want you to be very clear and understand. There's a difference between opinion and people that are just absolutely engaging in nonsense, in false propaganda. A lot of it is put out by the Kremlin. A lot of it's put out by Beijing. Look at what's going on in China right now. The lockdown is, is brutal, what is happening with those people. And as far as Russia, they don't tell them what's really going on. It's all completely state-run television, all propaganda putting forward. Anyone that question, anyone that mentions the war is arrested in Russia. So just keep that in mind. And I want to come back to, you know, someone who's in a lot of trouble right now is Alex Jones, Infowars. How many people listening? There were people. I used, would get email messages. Sandy Hook is all fake. Newtown, Connecticut, they're all crisis actors. It's all fake. None of it's true. Blah, blah, blah. Look at now. Not only is he in a lot of trouble, not only could this, you know, they, they're going to go after every red cent that he has. But Alex Jones of Infowars, you know why he's not fighting it? He's, he's, he's admitting it was all made up. And there was, you know, does that take back all of what those families had to go through? Think of that. I mean, what, I, I would just question anything that comes out, one of the most egregious things I've ever heard of, making up that those tiny little children were killed and convincing people and the people actually believing it, that those were just actors that they were seeing. Again, if you engage in that stuff and believe it, I have no interest in, in engaging. It's not even a debate. It's like arguing with a barking dog on a corner. It's people that just make up their own sets of facts and truths. It's a fool's errand trying to have a discussion with anyone that actually believes and engages in that type of uh, nonsense. All right, folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359, and in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. Here's Justin Katz. And Justin, there's, there's uh, several different elements I want to start off with. Um, what happened uh, last week, Rhode Island uh, Governor Dan McKee had a press briefing. And at the very end, he was asked, which is a totally fair game, but... He was asked about the FBI probe, and it it came off as if, number one, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be prepared for it, but he had the set answer. Uh, He he then just started repeating the same answer, and I I, I played it several times on on the air, and his answer was, when when you come up empty, 
let's see who's going to have the courage to write that story. And I found it odd. I will say, I, I do wonder, though, if the media was intimidated by him because I didn't see a lot of coverage of it compared to, you know, I'm going to go back to when Buddy Cianci was indicted. You know, his defiance kind of led the newscast of you're not going to find any stains on this jacket and I'll fight this all the way to the Hague. And um, it's also just before we get your, your take on it, but Brian Crandall of NBC, NBC 10 even said, Governor, it's it's the FBI who's looking into you. So this business of I'll say this, when you come up empty, pointed at the media, let's see who has the courage to write that story. It was uh, it was obviously, you know, somehow rehearsed answer. But I, I found the whole thing a, a, a little bizarre. And I, I want to discuss it and just get some of your initial thoughts on this. Well, it was strange, and it goes to the the question of who's who's advising him. I mean, yeah. the idea that this was a, a great catch-all line. I mean, the, the ones you mentioned, Buddy, Buddy Sancy, for example, and I, I think online you, you mentioned Richard Nixon uh, yeah. as a, another alternative. Those were actually decent lines. You know, uh, this was just uh, it was. It doesn't even make sense because, as as is obvious, and as Brian Crandall and you point out, it's the FBI that's investigating him. Right. He's he's not showing, and but this is now a pattern of. Of just very strange reactions to the news media. Um, it's it's as as if just somebody who's never been in politics is suddenly getting a lot of questions from the media and just doesn't know how to deal with it. I mean, that's the impression you get. And you'd think a, a governor. I mean, we've talked about how he he's brought on even Mancusa to help organize some of this stuff, presumably. Yeah. Uh, you, you'd think a governor with a staff, I mean, Raimondo went way overboard. So some of this may be contrast with our, our prior governor who, who turned the entire government of Rhode Island into a PR machine. But So there's a big contrast to him. But you'd think a governor would have somebody, you know, in the midst of a campaign who's, who's advising him and helping talk him through things and who would say, you know, that's not as good a line as you think it is. Uh, it, but it's, it's very strange. And that's again and again with, with McKee. It's just this kind of weird behavior where, you know, people want to some about a political outsider, but he's not that. And even then, his reactions are, are just just odd, just off. And, and certainly, as, as we've said in recent weeks, certainly not what he needs now. What he needs now is to to show, you know, this does show that he understands this looks bad and make sure that it doesn't he, you know, he, he fixes it and he's willing to address whatever the problems are provide whatever information but to try to to try to pawn it off first earlier you know weeks ago as i don't know anything this has nothing to do with me and now it's when i hope you'll apologize as if there's as if it doesn't even it's wrong to even suspect anything here just shows right. he's not he's not a you know he, he doesn't really have a great sense of what his role no. is and i think no. that that indicates he won't have a good sense of how to get himself out of it and so the smart money would probably bet on his continuing to dig his hole it was it was kind of a play off of, you know, where do I go to get my reputation back and that type of thing. But let's just step back for a moment. First of all, this is not this is not the media doing, you know, an investigative piece. This is the FBI. When you come up empty, now it's the victimhood. Who's going to have the courage to write that story? Well, let, let's let's look at this. This was some friends of his uh, political donors, people he had worked with who like overnight. Soon it became obvious that he was going to become the governor because Raimondo was leaving to become Commerce Secretary. They suddenly incorporated, you know, when they got this whole ILO contract, I don't even think they had a, a functioning website. Um, you know, they incorporated very quickly. It, it did go out to bid. There's a paper trail of evidence where he was, he and his staff were literally walking these people through the process. They were awarded $5 million. Then when it came to light, I'm pretty sure that I think the contract ended in September, so they ended up only getting two of the five. It's it's very fair questions as to what exactly was going on with the bidding process. And then the famous his email, how many millions, uh, so much that the FBI, you know, is taking a look at it. And I, I got a call and I'll share with you someone from law enforcement that said after that bizarre spin by the governor said, you know, they, uh, the FBI, they normally, they don't want to take on a case investigation involving a sitting governor. So it, it speaks volumes that, number one, they agreed to do it, that they're not hiding, and it's not like they wouldn't answer and confirm they're investigating them. And, and one more thing, Justin Katz, 
is you go back to last August. And again, if I had been at that briefing last August, when asked about his former chief of staff, Tony Silva, and that land deal, Governor McKee said he looked into it and there was nothing there. Two days later, Silva resigned, and the state police is still investigating it. So I agree with you, and I'm glad you say that. It sounds as if they concocted of we're going to turn the tables and make this as if it's the media. And where does this come from, Justin, of who's going to have the guts to write that story? Yeah, I don't know. That, that's, it's kind of such a ridiculous comeback. And you know, the only reason this that kind of line might work, I mean, it, it would might work one if if you're completely innocent, but but also if it has nothing to do with your job and it's just a, no. f- a fluke thing. Even if this is, even if there's nothing there, this looks bad. I mean, and a, a, a good leader, a good executive officer and a good politician would understand this looks bad. And an honest one would address the public with that in mind. Yes, this looks bad. Here's how we're going right. to deal with it. That right. So it's, it's not as if reporters are talking about, I don't know, some some affair he had in, in another country and it's going to turn out it was a different Dan McKee. You know, that, that's where this kind yeah. of an approach would be legitimate. This is just across the board, legitimate questions from the news media, uh, particularly since they didn't originate the investigation, the law enforcement did. And so I, I don't know where, where they're coming up with this. That's what makes you wonder who, who is advising him that he, or is he just over, not listening and he's overruling because he's shooting from the hip? I don't know. But it's, you know, one the worst part I think for him is that all of this strange behavior is entirely in keeping with a guy who would do the things his administration yes. has done. Yeah, so it's, it's just like a straight line. The same guy, presumably, who who would orchestrate giving his friends a plum contract, you know, if that's if the allegations are true. The same guy who would do something like that would also come up with ridiculous lines like who's going to have the courage to write the story admitting yeah. they were wrong. I, it's just it's just all too straightforward and clear which which seems to be a uh, a kind of a lob to other democrats running running in a primary and and then you know in the long run making it look in the look back at the fact that the uh, the the gop went out and and found somebody to run as a as a smart move because he seems to be he's doing much much worse uh he's much worse at the party would be let's just say that yeah, no, I agree. And on top of that, you know, let's be honest, the primary, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. He, uh, th- this is not going to be resolved, uh, I, I, not that I hear, by, by September. They don't move that quickly. So there's a very good chance he could he could lose the primary. You know, if CNC, the, the, uh, the trial had happened after, say, his mayoral race in 2002, and then maybe he was found not guilty after that, well, then you could say, you know, where do I go to get my reputation back or, you know, who's or I, I don't even understand the element. Is he intimating that there have been things written wrong and that no one had the courage to correct the record? I, I haven't heard that, um, but it certainly seemed rehearsed. And, and you're exactly right, Justin. It, a response could have been, hey, listen, you know, we're an open book and I welcome it. If somehow somebody thinks somebody did something wrong. So be it. But I, I don't, you know, I, I wish wasn't happening. We're going to cooperate fully. And and unfortunately, you know, we'll let the chips fall the way we may. But not this defiant. And then he even went walking back. Like he, he seemed like he was, he liked the way the line sounded, you know. And then, because uh, then Crandall, he was literally walking back. And then the whole thing of, I'm going to repeat. When you come up empty. <laughs> I mean, they're good for Brian Crandall. The, the press, Channel 10, Channel 12, they're not investigating him. It's the FBI, Justin, who's investigating him. And as I break it out, if there was, you know, if there was nothing wrong with it, then why did – it was supposed to be a $5 million contract. They ended it in September. Well, if there was nothing wrong with it, why did they end the contract? And based on you know everything we've seen, unless something comes up – it's exactly as I just laid it out. As soon as it became very apparent he was going to become the governor, take over for Gina, they quickly incorporated. They quickly put things in motion. It's like, oh, good, let's form a company and we'll get a you know, $5 million contract since our pal's going to be the governor. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what, what he's talking about because I think we have a pretty clear indication of what went on here. And by all accounts, because it's federal money – is why the FBI's involved and and they did put it out to bid and it certainly sounds like they they rigged the bid. I mean I I'm not I'm trying to figure out what are we missing? 
I mean, I, I think right now we have a pretty good handle on on what went down. And as much as he wants to talk about state of emergency, I, I, I think it's exactly as it looks at, just as I just described it to you. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, early on. Um, you know, with with all the when it was so, still had some hopes that he had some some competence and maybe yeah. some a special affinity for you know Seems education. Like yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but but you know, he he was a, a, a leader in, in municipal charter schools. You know, he so there was some. I did have some hope that maybe there was something we weren't seeing that he was bringing in this group to do something actually important. In which case. You know, you could forgive a whole lot if, if he was actually making something happen. But that's another thing we're just not seeing. You know, if, right. if this were honest, we're not even seeing what did this group do? You know, if I yeah. were, you know, if, if he were legitimately saying we, we hired them to do a job, they did it fine, and, and there was nothing wrong here. Okay, how about the big presentation of all their wonderful work? Where's right. that? I, we haven't seen that. So it, it, everything about it just feels kind of like uh, uh, he got caught giving something away to his friends. And it's such a, yeah. a hack kind of way you yes. know that's that's the impression you get it's just and especially you know taking over mid midterm for another governor it, it's just it blows my mind that the the central instruction going out from the governor's office when he first got there was do not do anything to make me look bad i have to be elected soon you know that right. that should have been the first thing but instead they're all all these strange deals and and crony yeah. kind of the sniffs stench of cronyism uh it, it's just it, it really it boggles the mind and it it, it makes you think you know at this point what you kind of actually hope he doesn't have a chance to be reelected because if, yeah. if if we can't if oh Rhode Island can't come up with, first, with somebody better uh what does yeah. that say about us folks quick break a lot more politics this week with justin katz managing at our anchorizing.com right here on the john DePietro show Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesit Inn. Check them out on the website depetro.com, the Coesit Inn or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesit Inn, 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, I also just want to stay on. I, I do wonder if the media was a little intimidated by the governor last week. I do understand that, especially the television stations there, you know, they want to have a debate, meaning they want to host a Democrat gubernatorial primary debate. Um, I can see where maybe they don't want to offend them. But something else that stands out. Now, again, I was going to go. It was kind of a last-minute thing. Now I wish I had. But something else that did, didn't even get reported is it was under the guise of the whole license plate thing. And I don't know why they turn it into a contest because there is a way that states should change their license plates every few years because it's then easy to pick up on people that don't have cars registered, outdated plates, and so forth. So this whole business of the contest, I, everything's a contest with him, whether it was lieutenant governor or now this. But something that nobody even mentioned is Bud Craddock of the DMV who was there, he's still under investigation. <laughs> he's still under investigation from last June when the Cranston police did the massage parlor raids. And for the second time, he got caught renting to one of these sleazy, happy ending massages. So here it is, a little over a year after Governor McKee came into office. He's under investigation by the FBI, and the guy standing next to him, Craddock, is still being investigated by the Attorney General's office of the Rhode Island State Police. <laughs> yeah, you know, every now and then, when when there's a story about corrupt states, the the lo- a lot of local reporters like to say we're not actually that corrupt. There are, you know, if you right. look at prosecutions, Rhode Island isn't that bad. And my quip is always, yeah, that's because we've made all the corruption legal in Rhode Island. So they're not that's gonna, right. But but it does. It just goes right to that image, doesn't it? Just all of a sudden <laughs> up on the stage. I mean, even if even if all of them were just unlucky <laughs> it still wouldn't look good no. uh, i mean and people say oh it's a small state well there are other small states too yeah. you know you don't see maryland and delaware constantly having people under investigation up on the stage for something right. not as a license plate yeah it, it is it is just too too rhode island it's sort of like it says it's as rhode island is giving directions by telling people to turn where something used to be i mean it's used the same, same yeah. kind of thing and, and there's today's democrat party justin there they are two older 
white guys. I mean, McKee is 70. I, I'm pretty sure Bud Craddock is right around that, or maybe even there's definitely in the in the range of that. But uh, they're the two of them standing up there, both being investigated, one by the FBI, the other by state police. No one even asked anything. But speaking of investigations, in the CD2 race, there's the candidate Michael Neary, very well, not well known at all. Um, supposedly lives in Coventry, West Warwick, but he he's the one that was arrested out in Ohio. What is your reaction that he, he so far he says he's not dropping out of the race for Congress? <laughs> I I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to know what to make of these things, isn't it? It's yeah. just, I mean, if if he were a serious candidate, he would definitely drop out. So I, it's almost like I'm, I'm starting to wonder if the news media needs to raise its standards of of who it counts as a as a credible candidate. It's almost as if at this point, anybody yeah. who who has any political connections who runs for any office suddenly will get get a ton of attention as if there's some viable candidate. Meanwhile, you know, you, you, I'm sure if they went around and looked in local races, they could find people who aren't politically connected, who ought to be treated as if they're legitimate candidates, but you never hear about them. So I, I think I think to me, this it's his his candidacy and his controversy is, is kind of a joke. And so the idea that, that this is, you know, the news media is running with this. Are you still in the race? Well, you know, yeah. it's debatable whether he ever actually was in a race, right. if you want to, practically speaking. And I think a little bit less sensationalism. And maybe, and maybe that's... Uh, Maybe that's part of the reason McKee's advisors are thinking they can go after the media because it's all become just a spectacle, um, and and we're, it doesn't serve us at all. It's, you wish I wish a lot of that would just go away and people would would acknowledge. Okay, this is an interesting story, like a one day story. This guy got jammed up. Okay, I guess he's done. Let's move on. And and meanwhile, you don't hear much about the other people who are who are running and really running. That's and that's uh, that's a shame. You only hear about the the weird cases. Yes, and and I think it's also a reflection. And again, folks, we're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. A segment is politics this week. I think also, Justin, we've seen this influx of people who it's just kind of like a hobby that they run. It's a way to get the picture in the paper. They get a little publicity. Uh, normally, if you were running a serious campaign, what this guy just you know got accused of just now. Uh, plus, on top of that, I think he, they even said he had an Ohio license, but. Uh, that would kind of be the end of it. But you, you're starting to see more of these people. There there are some people that are just running for governor, um, no experience, never been elected anything, no real organization, no campaign. Um, they, I, and, and they, by the way, they fully expect to be included on the debate stage, which is not going to happen. You have some, some uh, candidates that now consistently run against Congressman Cicilline, and they just – it just be, kind of becomes their identity of um, of what they're doing. And in this particular case, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that. I also have been in touch with them. Just I was surprised like someone staying in the race. Um, but you're exactly right. He actually got more news this week than than the actual candidates in the race. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see how that race kind of sharpens a little bit. Now, speaking of if someone wanted to talk about reputations they finally had the trial of that providence school administrator the guy from florida he was the one accused the foot rubber in um uh, in the, the the gym at edge fitness so leading up to this there were all these accusations from both him and the guy that hired him lost his job harrison peters the former superintendent it was all built around race it was all built around it was all lies they didn't have this they didn't have that uh, it was all because he was a person of color, and that's why he was treated that way. And they had the trial on Friday. Now, granted, I didn't, um, I didn't attend, but the, the stills that were released clearly show some young kid was stretching on the mat. And the guy goes right up and removes his shoe and sock and starts winking at him, and then he was found guilty. So, you know, again, there was an awful lot of noise leading up to that. Um, I, I, I'm still not sure about the Harrison Peters thing, but that, however you pronounce his last name, the, the foot rubber, in, in the end, Justin, it, it sounds it's exactly as law enforcement kind of laid the case out to be. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the videos and the stills actually make yes. it worth. I mean, they're kind of grainy, but but mainly it's, you know, you, when when you know, I first heard the story, I'm picturing a kid sitting on a bench and he kind of like kneels in front of him and says, oh, let me massage your foot or, you know, yeah. so something strange. But, but you know, he, it looks like from the video, he lies down in front of him, lounging yeah. around. And I mean, just looking up at the kid from the ground like, oh, yeah, that looks bad. But, you know, it, it, it it's almost it's a similar story. You know, you you've got a new uh, a new uh, education chief for the state comes in, takes over the the Providence schools because they're failing, and doesn't do what she should have done. And we said all along she should was, was immediately gain support among the parents and go after the unions, uh, or to at least to withstand them. And instead, you you know, just get this bureaucratic thing where they start bringing in their you know, people who they think are experts from around the country. It's, and it's such a there, there's no real leadership involved in any of it, or or, even, or strategy. It's it, it's almost like something that roll out of like a Brooks Brookings Institution playbook or something. All right, you move in, you do this, you hire these people, and and you get all this, and and that isn't working, especially because the people that they end up hiring. Uh, I mean, Harrison Peters again. That's just a just bad judgment. The, the the biggest controversy of the whole thing to me. I mean, the, the guy turned out to be. It seems weird uh, and it's kind of creepy. But you know, sometimes I wonder if we're we're too keyed up. This stuff. I mean, that and creepy guys at a gym. I mean, that's, that's probably nothing really new in society. But there was, was really uh, the big controversy to me is that the superintendent didn't tell anybody that he had right. prior strange foot things with children. I mean, it's just kind of that's something you mention, and maybe you don't bring in that guy. Once again, yeah. if this was the team, if they brought in the team that saved Providence schools, sort of like if McKee came in and and was really the great the great hope that a lot of us had hoped for uh, in comparison to Raimondo, if they had come in and fixed the schools, a lot of this would have been just, okay, errors. But instead they came in, they didn't do anything. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing but controversy. There's nothing on the other side of the, the seesaw, right? So I, that's what's, what blows my mind. I don't know why they're doing this and I, I don't know why people tolerate it. I wonder if that's a part of the public apathy is just nobody knows what to do about it. You can't even, you can't even sink your fingers into these things because there's nothing there. Just, just raw incompetence and nepotism. It seems like. Yeah. And as far as the new superintendent, they hired in Providence. Um, again, I don't, I don't know this man. Um, supposedly it's, he has a very powerful motivating story. I think he was homeless at one point, but I, I always just get leery of when the person who is just supposed to be the interim, then they end up just hiring that person. Um, because it seems to me they just decided, ah, forget about a search. You know, let's, who knows, because the thing could get blown up. Um, this whole business that he has a good rapport with teachers, as we've talked about, Justin, anyone that pays attention to the Providence schools and the, why they're failing, it, it begins and ends with the union. It begins and ends with the union contract. It begins and ends with all those all those hours of negotiations they they had to have. Nothing of it was about here's how we can improve education. Here's what we could do to improve the experience for the kids. It was all about if you want them to stay five minutes more, it's going to cost you this. If you want them to attend an open house, it's going to cost you that. Uh, there's too many sick days. Uh, the whole focus, that John Hopkins report that came out said it's too adult-centric, it, it was right on the money. And um, and it is a crime that that was in uh, May and June of 2019, and here we're coming up on, you know, three years later. There's, there's been no improvement. Uh, and you and I had talked about either the bragging the old pitches out of, oh, look at this, ceiling tiles falling. And all it is is games with the union. That's all it is, is they just... It's like they have no intention of actually finishing the game. It's it's they just want to, you know, keep delaying the game. So, you know, the old expression, nothing changes if nothing changes. And there's nothing changing with the Providence schools. Oh, good. He this guy, the new superintendent, he gets along well with the teachers. What does that even mean? I mean, I as opposed to what not getting along with. I mean, I'm not sure what anyone's getting along with is the only thing that's happening is there's just no improvement with the test scores. Uh, there's not going to be any improvement with the, with the test scores. They they just continue to do the same thing. Folks, quick break. A lot more with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Break here on the John DePietro Show. In the Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston. 
also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings, they're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, this uh, next story, and I'm very uh, happy for Rob Cody. He is a true citizen advocate. He's, you know, taking his lumps in the city of Warwick, but he stays in Warwick. Certainly, he's gotten uh, brutal uh, correspondence threats from the fire department, all this other stuff. But he came upon something, and it was pretty interesting. The Warwick, they're going to stop this practice it's hard to believe in this day and age. They were awarding contracts to anonymous contractors. And then, you know, finally the mayor said, hey, you know, that's right. That doesn't make sense. Who's really getting the contract? It could be related to this person or that person. You know, it's amazing, Justin, some of the schemes that have been put forward in some of these cities and towns. Have you ever heard in this day and age that they're giving out anonymous contracts to vendors and so there no one would know if there's even a potential conflict with some of the players involved <laughs> you are uh, we're just we're supposed to trust the government are we i mean can yes. we do that yeah it's, it's it's one of those you just don't do that um and it's it's amazing to me they have excuses as if, as if well if they know who the testing are they might they might find ways to cheat i think that was one of the excuses it just it makes no sense, and if even if that were the, the legitimate, the, the the funny part of this is all of the the talk about oh we didn't even realize we were doing essentially, <laughs> or that is strange and nobody notices until a citizen steps up and says hey are you really supposed to be doing this this doesn't look right to me it's it takes that much I think that goes That's to right. show the, the lack of the lack of consistency in government and people make these deals like in Warwick with. Side letters they had a few years ago. Yeah. Just the secret things that were being enforced that actually contradicted the the contract. And that gets gets in place. There's no explanation of why it's the case if it's legitimate to be done. Is you know local governments people ought to start requiring insisting that they document these decisions and that they be easy to find because that way when we find them they can't say oh we we didn't realize we were doing that. But it it takes somebody like Rob, and he's been in it. I mean, he's been active in Warwick as long as I've been doing anything yeah. in Rhode Island, and so he's been there. He's, I mean, he's he's done great work. And sometimes he'll he'll go out and he'll, he'll follow around the DPW trucks just to show how much time they're wasting with the video. I mean, that, people in Warwick really ought to be grateful for the for that effort he's putting in there, and he's not doing it alone. But but he really is. I mean, we we need a lot more of that in Rhode Island. The problem is it takes so much out of you because, as you say, the the local oh, the local yeah. government comes after you. Everybody treats you like a kook, you know, in the news media too. And um, he ought to be on the, on all those TV shows. You know, the news yes. reporters ought to be be digging into that kind of stuff and and raising up citizens who help them do their investigative work. Um, so, I mean, kudos to him, but it's, it really just highlights – well, it also highlights how much how much of this stuff is out there and what a big job that it would be to clean it up. And nobody has yeah. any incentive to do that. It takes a, somebody who's just had enough and says, you know what, I'm going to spend 20 years digging into this just because it's not right. I mean, unfortunately, that kind of attitude is not, as, not all that common. And so you end up getting all the corruption we see in Rhode Island. You know, what's also interesting about Warwick is um, – you know, for years, Scott Avedesian, who was obviously likable, but, boy, it sure seems as if, you know, the, the firefighters had the very slippery contract. That whole thing seemed really underhanded in the scheme that was involved with that. You and I in the past talked about the war of teachers and, you know, their teachers union contract and some of the stuff going on uh, certainly did not seem uh, above board. You just wonder, and then Scott Avedesian, he was promoted. He's, he's now running Ripta. You, you start to wonder what exactly was is, is going on over there. Um, Warwick's also the place that, you know, as, as I've talked about in the past, I, I was the only one last May saying that uh, the different people that I know. The John DePietro Show brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401 401- 
474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipetro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253. And you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com. Again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week. We're speaking with Justin Katz, me and Jeanne, anchorising.com. Justin, I want to just want to come full, full circle. Do you think the Republican Party is making enough out of, I mean, for crying out loud, some of the stuff that's going on, you know, the Speaker's office, this is, I think, what, you know, the Speaker, excuse me, his law office uh, certainly seems like there was arson, or then uh, a car exploded at his home condo. Uh, this business. Think about that. Governor McKee, the, 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 the sitting governor right now is the target of an FBI probe. I mean, when it was Cianci, they've had a name for it. It was Operation Plutterdome. It was on the front page of the paper. Everyone was talking about it. Different people saying, step aside. Do you think enough is being made of that seemingly a lot of the stuff that's going on and is allowed to go on is because of it's, it's a one-party state, one-party rule? And therefore, the Democrats aren't so quick to, you know, go after each other. Oh, well, I mean, that's certainly part of the problem. And, and you know, once, once you've got a one-party state with, with as much power and influence as Rhode Island allows its government to have and all that money yeah. flowing around, they, they, they have a structure. You know, you get in line, you do favors for these people, you move up the ladder, and then you get, you get a safe job, they move you along to a, a nonprofit or some political campaign, and so on and so forth. And so nobody wants to disrupt that, you know, when you're on the inside of that. And that's why they do it. That's, that's just where the power is. And so it's absolutely a problem that, that there's no opposing force uh, that can really, and I mean, I, we go back and forth on this, but I, I don't really blame the Republicans because they're dealing with the same, the same, you know, institutional problems that a lot of us are trying to get stuff going. There's just, they don't have the jobs to give out. They don't have, there's no reason for people to stay in line. Everybody True. gets contentious. Uh, you know, it's just, so they, they're really at a disadvantage. And so it's just structurally very difficult. And then, I mean, the, the news media adds to that because he, they, it's almost like a reflexive thing. They cannot help but go after Republicans. It's just, there's just something in them. Oh, the, the Republican candidate bought a boat in Florida, make it a controversy. You know, that they can't stop themselves when it comes Republicans. And so, yeah, it's just, it makes it so that there's nobody to challenge, nobody to look into it, nobody to, to, to really dig in, uh, you know, like, like Rob Cody does in, in Warwick. There's just no, there's no incentive politically for, for people that. And it really does, as, as you say, just this, this opportunity for, for corruption and, and lack of, of concern for it when it arises. You know, what's funny. You raise a very good point. Um, when it comes to the local media questioning a Republican running for office, I'm going to say one in three questions. Of every three questions, one has to do with President Trump. Uh, do you think he should run again? Did you support him? Uh, do you believe him with the big lie? What do you think about January 6th? And yet when I hear interviews with Democrats that are running for the same office, there's not one question about do you think President Biden is doing a good job? Why do you think his, low, his approval rating is so low? What do you make of the high gas prices? What do you make of the fact that, you know, the Democrats are expected to lose the House and the Senate this fall? Um, you know, what do you think of the fact of the unending corruption in the current Democrat governors under an FBI probe? Without question, in, um, if there's a Republican, the questions immediately pivot towards President Trump, but it, it doesn't seem to carry over with uh with president biden folks again he is the uh, managing editor anchorising.com a segment is politics this week it's justin katz justin great job as always and we will talk to you again thank you john i'll talk to you soon